Hi, Danielle. Um, great to Hi. see you again. <laughs> good to see you too, Mel. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, a, a, a calmer, steadier, uh, easier to manage week. So that's always a good thing. Absolutely. Well, we did just finish off a full moon. Right. And so that cycle is complete and we're opening our ways up into or opening ourselves up to whatever the newest cycle happens to be. And I think that's what we're going to explore tonight, isn't it? Is uh, with this episode is looking at cycles. Yeah. So over to you. What do you mean when you um, are referring to cycles? Because there's lots of different ways of looking at that as an idea. Right. So for me, when I'm talking about cycles specifically is the cycle of change, how we get from being unaware of our behavior to the awareness of behavior and things that we do in order to um, make the necessary improvements or change that's needed to break that pattern so that when this cycle returns for you, you can get to a deeper level of the, this pattern breaking that you've been working on. Yeah, so you're, uh, the, there's lots of probably theories out there when we think about the um, cycle of change. And I certainly know that we, uh, in the work that we do, we're often thinking about, um, you know, if, you, if somebody comes to you for some support and they want to talk through their issues, it might look as though they're ready to start making some steps and make some change, but sometimes they're only really ready to talk. And so this is an idea that, you know, people aren't necessarily ready to make the steps or the changes necessary right. to come out of the cycle or the one. pattern that they're in. Exactly. Yeah. And that's step one of the cycle, you know, you're ready to talk about it. And even though you're kind of unaware or consciously aware, even yeah. not, not consciously aware that of your role in this cycle or in this pattern that you're, you're in, you know, um, being ready to talk about it is the first step. Yeah. 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 Cause often people can experience difficulties, um, with work colleagues or there's been some changes and they feel a sense of disharmony or something doesn't feel right, but they're not necessarily aware of what that's about. And, and what you're referring to in that cycle of change is the, is the first stage is someone is often unconscious of that process and are just feeling unease or the relationships aren't working out, things aren't going so well at work, but they haven't sat back and really reflected on what um, what might be going on in that. And even if they have, the like what you said, the first step to go and seek some support, talk to a friend, go and see a therapist, go and see a life coach, is by then saying, right, okay, I'm starting to become aware that I've been here before. This is a familiar pattern. I've been with this situation before and I need to make some changes. But it's not easier. Uh, it's not easy to do for a lot of people. Sometimes they can go keep going through that cycle. Right. Um, you know, we'll just go ahead and get that part out of the way. The you don't change until you're ready to change. Yeah. And that's that. And sometimes that takes years. Sometimes it takes months, sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes it takes hours. Mm. Depends on how fed up with it you are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the cycle of change might begin with the conversation. 
but yeah. that cycle of change, that cycle, keyword cycle will continue until you're ready to take that next step beyond the conversation. Um, it's a really good place to find your victimhood in is mm. inside of that first step. Like these people did me this way, mm. or this is happening, or I'm, you know, I'm not able to make the changes because so-and-so is involved in my life still. Yeah. Or right. I need to keep this job. I have to do these hours or yeah. And often that's, um, the point you made about, you know, whether they're ready to make the change or not. And I think I've mentioned in other conversations we've had that often I'd say in 98% of cases for the referrals that we dealt with as a service, um, people were driven to go to the doctor to say, I'm noticing this in my child or I'm having this difficulty, but it was usually preceded by some kind of crisis. It's usually where something or several things have just fallen you know we talked about those the tower moments yeah those yeah. tower moments where yeah. it's all just looks like it's gone pear-shaped yeah. um, and that's then driven them to seek help because it's now too much to bear because one thing that's difficult for for humans generally is to tolerate um unease or difficulties and that can be why some people take drugs and and drink and do something else because it can feel utterly intolerable or they don't know where to go or to even to sort this out yeah. and where to begin right. or that actually that's what that's about that it's the whether you call it the soul your your, your own spirit your system the, the the point that you've got to move through and often people stay in situations that are really bad for them or mm. intensely bad for them or just bad for them or just you know, a little bit it's toxic, a lot toxic. Yeah, just not healthy. On the level. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not yeah. healthy for you to stay in a situation or have a, a, the same habit or any of that. You know, yeah. um, uh, the word toxic is easy to throw in because really anything in your world could be considered toxic if it's mm. not, in, you know, in alignment with what's best or what the highest timeline is or highest alignment is for you. Yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah, even I can, my relationship with my animals can become toxic in nature, <laughs> you know, if, if I'm just allowing myself to be driven by their need to annoy me. So, <laughs> but yeah, so the first step in a cycle is always going to come down to this, not quite aware enough mm. to accept accountability but aware enough to recognize that there is a problem somewhere mm. or there is something that's arising or there is a repeating pattern that isn't necessarily for your highest good. But I will say that once you have walked this cycle a few times and kind of recognize that there is definitely a pattern. So I'll use myself for an example. Um, why are my friendships ending this way? Right. Because they keep ending this way and I can talk about it until I'm blue in the face, but at some point I'm going to have to recognize who I am inside of these relationships, what it is that I need to be doing differently, what it is I need to be more accountable for the responsibilities that I carry inside of the repeating cycle, because cycles can either be a circle or a spiral. And let me assure you, you do not want a circle. 
because circles don't get you anywhere. They get you right back to the, the, the top of talking about it, but a spiral can shoot you out into a new understanding of why this cycle or pattern continues to happen. So there was an approach that um, we looked at once called psychosynthesis and, and the way that they described it was where um, you'd become aware of something and you would spend some time reflecting on that and as though you were then going down the spiral to what they would say was the gift, but it could be that unpleasant place where you reflect on what's happening, why is it happening, who's it involved, what's that about? Yes, I agree. Um, and that that is correct. What's it about? Where am I at? Why am I feeling this way? Why is this for repeating itself? And through that level of contemplation, it brings you naturally into the second step. You know, uh, we have this, uh, I've talked about this before, where we externalize, where we like to point the finger, you know, it's this person's fault or this group of people's fault or this marketing tool or this advertising tool's fault, you know, this is why. Um, and then at some point you kind of get fed up with that and you're like, well, this keeps happening and I keep doing it. So there's gotta be something inside of me that's allowing this to happen. And so you get to naturally step into this second stage of the cycle, which is uh, like a contemplation stage where you get to begin really assessing on a deeper level um, why this problem exists, why these things keep occurring. Um, but there's really... I don't know how to put this uh, plainly. So when you reach the second stage of the cycle where you're starting to acknowledge, hey, there is some things inside of this that maybe I am not the victim in, maybe I've created some of this myself, but you're not quite ready to take the steps for that change, right? You're just contemplating it. You're thinking a little bit deeper. You're going a little deeper inside of that cycle. You're going a little deeper inside of the spiral into the depths of your unconscious you're beginning to tap into. So that's kind of where the second step leads us is into the acknowledgement that, well, perhaps I have responsibility in this and what are the steps, if any, that I can take to, to do it. Now you're not taking the steps yet. You're just contemplating the steps. Yeah. So the first aspect is there are people who will just blame everything outside of themselves. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's at that phase, there's often no reasoning you know they've got to come to that conclusion themselves but you're right once you're able to take some accountability for your part in the way that your life is unfolding um for the good and the what doesn't feel so good because often that's about our perspective and it and it can be sometimes it is a dawning moment it can be that you know i've i've met these people and they all seem to have this same attribute that triggers the same response in me that ends up with me feeling uh x you know powerless right. uh not heard not valued whatever it is and th those things can play out they play out a lot in the workplace um, or it's in the family situation when such and such person is around, this is what happens. Or every time I get this bill, this is a response I have. Yeah. And, and they're indicators, aren't they? They're, those responses and those feelings you have are the indicators. And that's what you're referring to. So you sit back and you have a look at that. 
and then say, okay, so what do I want to do about that? And it's a bit like the classic cycle is the one that most people go through every (laughs) Christmas and every new year, you know, or every celebration followed by everybody going on a diet and, you know, and we, we attempt the same sort of ritual each time because you can start to become aware of your own role within the situation that you're in, whatever that situation is that you're not happy about, and then start to make attempts to make some changes. But then there's a whole range of other steps involved in that, that um, you can be, like I said earlier, you can be detoured because it's sometimes anxiety. People get anxiety mixed up sometimes. Sometimes anxiety is a sign that actually you should be moving ahead. It's just that your body's wanting you to stay on the couch, right. you know, and, yeah. and yet there's another part of you that's like, grow. I want to expand. I want to yeah. go out and have a social life. Right. But that's that brain, that ego form of your brain that says, well, no, this is new. And I'd rather sit here in discomfort because I know what this feels like. And this is, I'm familiar to this. This Yes, this is the familiar. And then now we have this path that begins to open a little bit. And you're like, wait, I feel like there's some light over there and it's much better than this darkness. So what do I do? And it's funny because the next step, that third step is your intention, right? And when do we normally take intentions? We do those on the new moon when it's the darkest in the sky. Mm. So when it's at your darkest and you've come to this realization that things are not going in the way you want them to go in the way that your soul is calling you, the way that your mind is telling you that little quiet part of your mind, not the loud one, the quiet one that sits there and says, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to make some changes. Mm. You know, and that's where the, that third step comes in for intention. And you know, on a spiritual side of things, um, the new moon is the perfect opportunity to write those intentions down and say, these are the changes that I want to make in my life. I am intending that these thoughts that now Mm -hmm. are that these, you know, these thoughts that I spoke about that are now deeper penetrating thoughts that are, I'm now ready to take the step. I'm now ready Mm -hmm. to say, let's put into action the things that I've been contemplating on for however long. And let's see where we can take this because I know X, Y, and Z isn't working for me, but maybe ABC will. So let's go ahead and write these down, put them in fire and water, depending on the moon. And, you know, just deciding that this is the day I change. This is the day that I'm going to effectively start the process Mm. of change. And, um, from that point forward, you really do start, um, being consciously aware of it, consciously act, uh, conscious and active in the pursuit of the new pattern or trying to alleviate the cycle. Mm. Uh, it's for me, it's one of the most empowering moments in, in this journey is okay. This is the, I would, I don't want to be there anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. What's out there. I want to go out where I just saw a little bit of light. How do I get there? And you start to write the steps down, make the steps, be it internal. I always recommend to write it down. It really does. There's something about tangible evidence of Mm. what it is that you want that changes things um, inside your mind. So yeah. Yeah. And that's well documented 
by a lot of people who say that the process, it's not even typing it on a laptop, it is actually physically getting the act of picking up a pen and connecting your conscious mind with your unconscious mind, which is what happens for a lot of arts and poetry and music and that you're making that connection. But I think you're highlighting a really important step which is about intention setting. And again, that often seems to sit in uh, spiritual circles. But what we're sort of talking about at the moment is combining almost like the three theories, which is the CBT cycle of be aware of what your thinking is, then aware of what feelings are activated in that process, and then what behavior normally follows that. And that's how you start to see what that cycle is. It's a very simplistic way of looking at CBT, and it is quite right. an easy thing to learn. Um, and then the cycle of change itself is is understanding where am I in this space of I'm starting to recognize that I can't continue with this mindset, with this behavior, with this thing that I'm doing or not doing. And then the next one is is using using the attention setting of, OK, I don't quite know what the light really is telling me. I don't know what it's going to look like when I go over there. All I know is that I don't really want to stay in the space that I'm in at the moment for whatever reason. And the whole purpose is, is to make is to make the decision. OK, I now um, decide that I want better. I want to feel better. I want to feel positive. I want um, I want to have a life that looks like this and whether. Um, I mean, a lot of people used to do courses on things like mood boards where you'd get a picture of the house that you want and the car that you want and things like that. But you can do that through laying in your bed. You know, you set yourself the intention of relaxing really deeply and putting on some really relaxing music and laying there and really starting to play around with your own imagination and conjuring up all the colours, all the sounds. If you're, if you're someone that's able to visualize, if it's a struggle to visualize, you feel into it, what would I feel like when I'm having, experiencing these things that I would really like? What, right. what is that? Exp- and it, a phrase that I use a lot and it's come from somewhere, I don't know, because a lot of what I think has come from somewhere and everywhere, um, <laughs> is it's milking true. it. Yeah is, yeah, is milking it, is staying, drenching yourself with those feelings and if you're not sure what it is that's going to be different you reach for something that maybe you've experienced at some point in your life that was a feeling that is similar to the one you're reaching for the exhilaration or the happiness or the joy or the feeling of what happens when you make a decision and it works out and how, wow, how good does that feel? You know, I was deliberating on X for ages and then I made the decision and actually it was the best decision I ever made. And if we've had decisions like that, they're great. And we really need to milk them because yes. we forget that we procrastinated so long prior to that yeah. or just stayed in that place of, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Shall I go for this job? Shall I do that? Shall I do, you know? Um, and so we set the intention and the intention aspect is so important. It is. The intention a- aspect, you know, for me, it's, it's one of the, it's so courageous. It's, it's bravery. It's, yeah. it's, you know, the, the fear of the unknown is real. The exactly. fear of change is a very, very real thing. It's, uh, it's paralyzing. You know, we'll go back to our fight or flight conversation. You know, it can freeze you in a moment uh, of never ending, just perpetual sameness. 
And so yeah. to be able to take that step and say, I want this change. I am worthy of this change and not even knowing what that change is going to end up as what you're going to possibly lose, what you're going to possibly gain. You right. don't know. And so it's such a, a huge step for a person to say, I am making this intention of change. And I feel like we don't give enough credit for that step in the process because it's mm -hmm. one thing to be unconscious to the things that you're doing because you're just doing them and you don't even know, you don't know why <laughs> you don't know the reasons behind it. You're just doing it. You're blind. Yeah. You're not awakened to it. And then the, the awakening occurs and it's like, okay, I have responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to take this on. And then when you take that, that step for intention that says no more, no more, I'm going to change. No I don't care if I lose this or I have to, to sacrifice something because it's worth it to me now. It, that takes a level of bravery and courage that it, we really need to be able to applaud and pat ourselves on the back a little bit for, because mm. it's a really, it's a tough step. And it's a tough step. I think the reference to fear is a really key one too, because often our fears are almost like, um, you know, skeletons in the cupboard that, you know, when it's dark, you see all these shadows, you put on the light and they don't exist anymore, you yeah. know? And um, it's this idea that if I do this, your brain will conjure up all of these things, especially if you're someone that's grown up in a family where the, the, the glass is half full or half empty. Um, and you've got these patterns in your mind or connected to some outdated core beliefs that if I do this, this is what's going to happen, or they'll think this, or that'll happen, or it won't work out, or or even like what you said, you know, they don't even realize they deserve to live a happier, healthier way of being. Mm -hmm. So the fear itself, and, and again, that can be the unconscious mind. They're not necessarily aware that they won't take some steps sometimes to do things because um, they're just not aware that they are living a life that's been created safely. And that's as much as they can manage. So you're right. It is courageous. And it reminds me, I, I think we've talked on other occasions when I was part of by fluke, uh, setting up a social group with some friends. And one of the things that I was so sort of keen to just, um, market really as the idea it, it wasn't about we're doing really nice dinners or we're going to bars or we're we're going to meet down the river and have a picnic you know because the idea of the social group was was where we would post different events and people could just join the group and come to whichever events but the biggest hurdle for everybody was leaving their house was making a decision and getting off the sofa yeah. and I knew that when I'd done that you know, I was, I was sort of fudging my way through because I was, I was in the academic world and I'm like, no, I like reading, I like studying. And, and, and I thought, no, I need to get out and just be a bit social, but I know the steps of getting out and going somewhere and meeting people that you've not met before or walk it basically over the threshold of making that decision. But the, um, rewards for making that decision were so huge that I couldn't have even if somebody if I'd have sat with a coach and they would have said imagine what it could look like when you do that I wouldn't have even been able to imagine all the rewards that yeah. came as a result of that I made new friends 
I found loads of places I would never have gone to myself. Yeah. I could experiment with these things, but it did. You're right. It took courage and everybody feels some level of fear of, you know, or, or this thought process of you people don't go any, they don't go on their own and you should go with friends. And one of the freeing things about these social groups is that you didn't have to wait for your friends to want to do the same thing as you to go and do the thing. And that was what was really free for people. They could pick and choose according to what worked for them, for what they were attracted to Knowing that they were not going to be alone in that, that they were going to be able to step out and there was going to be like, like like-minded in that arena. Yeah. People who would do the same. Yeah. 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 I think that's beautiful. And you're right. It's, um, we, when we make our intentions, we can only see so far down the road, Yeah, right? There's only so far we can see. So when that intention manifests itself into this reality, there's miracles in, laced within it. There is magic laced within it that you couldn't even begin to, to acknowledge. Even imagine. Yeah. yeah. You can't even begin to acknowledge even in the most basic of ways, you know, um, there's been these levels of intentions that I've made that when I came out of it, the manifestation of it has been so profound in its details. The things I would have never thought of. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't have even come to you. Yeah. And I think if, if people look back at uh, certain times in their life, they'll probably find one or two like that. And whether that is a job move, a house move, and they're big things, but it can be very subtle things. Like like we've talked before of, oh, I think I'll just walk to the coffee shop. And then all of a sudden I've had a day of really nice conversations with people or or I go and try an an activity or an event. Because the beautiful thing about this is on the the smaller, subtler level of not the, the, the big stuff like moving, is that you can just say to yourself, well, I'm, I'm going to cross the threshold and I'm going to try it out. Yeah. And I, I'll either love it or just be neutral about it. Just or be hate neutral. It. And if I hate it, and this just goes back to, to the thing that you always talk about, which is becoming the curious scientist. Yeah. Go and yeah. be curious. There's not a wrong decision, right? Mm-hmm. Once you make the choice, the choice is made and it, you can learn from it. And, and most of the time it is just a learning pattern, be it a a positive or what we perceive as a negative pattern or learning experience, you've still done that. You know, even these subtle, we talk about the bigger things, but there's also, as you were just saying, these subtler um, energies that you can change, which is, I don't really like to run errands or leave my house much. It's just, it's too people-y out there. (laughs) And so my husband invited me a couple of days ago to go run this errand in another town with him. And only about 45 minute drive. And my first reaction was no. And I have my laundry list of valid excuses. (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. We we can make this work. And so I got around, did it. We ended up having a great conversation on the way there. We, you know, laughed, we went to dinner, which is, you know, with a person when we, when you have as many kids as we do, yeah. You know, getting out of the house just for a date night can prove difficult. So it's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. And so we ended up getting this unexpected date night oh, yeah. where we got to try a new restaurant and we got to spend this time together that wasn't inside of a house. We got to, you know, have this, um, this beautiful experience that I otherwise would have not had. And I stuck to my normal pattern. 
And I was very appreciative of the break in the cycle, knowing that it just takes a quick yes uh, uh, or no to change everything that would happen for you in that day, be it a subtler thing like my date night, my unexpected date night, or a large thing like deciding to move, you yeah. know, or deciding yeah. to take that job. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, so that just leads us to the next step, which is action, right? Yeah. You, you've made the intention, right? You said, these are the things that I, I would like to see in a different way. And now we're in the process of taking the steps. I, I, we're talking cycles, but cycles and patterns are, are very closely related because inside of that cycle, they're teaching you to change the pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you're in action. So now you really, uh, imagine yourself, um, you know, with a, a pattern in front of you and then just take that one piece of the pattern and move it to the left. What does it look like now? Oh, that was a little freeing. Let's try this again. And does this pattern work for me? Now we're back into that curious science or that curious child mentality, which is if I have learned from my past, I recognize that taking the exact same steps is not going to work for me. And regardless if that's from within and you're changing your steps or your reaction from the external and saying, well, I recognize that normally I might've been passive in this situation. So now I'm going to be more on the aggressive side. And I don't mean aggressive, like hitting, you know, or yelling. I mean, more like standing your ground or responding in a new pattern, you know, because some of us respond in anger. How about this time you respond in peace or just, if you can't find that peace, you don't respond at all until you can find that peace. And then you make the response, right? Mm -hmm. This is all part of a natural pattern. And so when you start to put into action, the things that you talked about that you realized you might've had some responsibility and then you said, I'm going to make the intention to, to change this part. Now you're putting into action, all of the things that are in your head right? The things that you know that need to be changed and allow that those, those steps. Now, this is a really tough step. The action step is rough because now you have to walk your talk. Mm. Now you have to hold yourself accountable for the things that you just made intentions on Mm. the things that you said, I am changing this. Now you have to go in and who not, I mean, who better than to hold yourself than to hold accountable than yourself. Mm. right? You don't, you're not going to shame yourself the way that you would feel the shame from an external source. Now you're just saying, I, I am worthy. I am deserving. I am brave and courageous enough to take these things and put them into action. And when I take these steps and I start to notice that these patterns, um, feel familiar, I'm going to change them just a little bit and say, well, let's try this out. You know, let's play this round this way and allow yourself to kind of move through this new pattern in a new flow and allow yourself to make these changes in an active way. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're alluding to two things in a way as I'm, I'm listening. Um, I think you've got patterns where people can look at, say, particular interactions maybe they've got with with somebody and every time they're with a particular person it could be a partner it could be a friend something happens and they end up feeling not great about it and that's like an an, an obvious cycle where 
there is a uncomfortable feeling that follows the interaction that you've had, that you've been around several times. But I think as well, we've moved into a new space because there will be people who have done a lot of this work already, who have become aware of like the CBT cycle, even if they've not read about CBT, they've become aware because there is so much available information now about whether it's Abraham Hicks or the Greg Braden's or, you know, all the different speakers out there that have got some, some kudos about them are saying, notice what you think, notice what thoughts pass through your head, notice the feelings that that generates in that. How does that feel? Okay. It doesn't feel great. Shift your thoughts, shift your feelings, shift your behavior. And so I think there are a lot of people out there that have done a lot of this work, because while you were talking, I was thinking, I'm aware of, say, these patterns that play out with particular uh, interactions I might have or um, things and annual uh, anniversaries. Uh, can do the same thing and I'm talking about getting the MOT for my car you know sometimes once a year take the car sit there like I'm at a hospital waiting for a child to be born waiting for them to tell me whether or not this is going to cost me a lot of money or it's passed and I think I I celebrated more at the garage a couple of weeks ago because my car flew through it because I really thought it was going to cost me a lot of money um, based on a previous service it had had so I was like no it's going to be fine the car's going to be great and all of that and the pattern in me was like no but what if it isn't and that is something that I was kind of really aware of but then there are um, very subtle patterns as well and new experiences there there is something new happening I think for a lot of people mm-hmm. because and uh, and you're part, you were part of this because, you know, when I sent you pictures of fr- last Friday night, my pattern for years on a Friday night, since the kids were small, um, was either they would go to their grandma's and I would get, you know, watch the TV, get a glass of wine or something and watch some TV. Uh, and, I, and I've been doing that mostly every Friday for years. And if I went out with my friends, it was a Friday or a Saturday. And I knew this about myself. I knew that this is how I like to do it. Like what you just said, you know, you're at home. You don't really want to go out. You don't, same as me. I don't enjoy shopping and things like that because I just got, you know, (laughs) there isn't any reason, justification for me to do some of those things. But like today, I had to go out. I had no food in the cupboard. So I had to go out to the supermarket. And, uh, but last week was different. And it, but it was something that just came to me in the moment because it was like, me and my son were home. He often goes out on Friday. You know, he's a young man now. And uh, he wasn't going out. I wasn't going out. And I said, oh, should we get some food? Should we get some Chinese? Yeah. And then that's where I said, oh, should we get a drink? And, you know, we, we've rarely, we've never really drank as family. Um, and then we just sit down chatting. And then we were playing music. And, and it just turned into where we both had this idea. He's got a portable speaker attached to his phone. And I've got a portable speaker attached to my phone. And I played a tune. And I was like, what do you think of that? And then we decided to make this game of getting the right beat, you know, like what a DJ does. Yeah. And whether or not he could match the beat by the next tune that he 
he found and then oh that's so fun it was amazing and so we so we and you know like if you go on YouTube it, um and you start putting in tracks so we started putting all the old school stuff in that we used to play that took us back to the memories because I I can be a bit repetitive so if I like a tune I can play that for 50 times 100 times yes and and then it took us back to this place where one of the old cars that had had a CD player in it. I used to burn my own CDs and I had like uh, an album pretty much of Tupac, 50 Cent, The Game, all of that. And I used to play that over and over again. And I put a track on the other night and Ash was like, oh no, I remember this. You played this. Like, <laughs> so you've got this beautiful bonding moment, this experience with your, yeah. your kid that you wouldn't otherwise had. Not planned at all. Yeah, and yeah. you stuck to the pattern of, you know, disappearing of, of, of on the just weekend. going, yeah, all right, see, you know, I'm not doing yeah. anything, let's just chill. And, and but the, the next, it leveled up. So the word leveled up was coming to me last week. It leveled up to a whole different experience we were having together because when he got his speaker out, it was it was fun. And I put on a track and then he found one that was going to match it. And we tried to blend the two. And yeah. a couple of times it just worked really well. And it went, I love that. It, it was magical. It was that's, a really- that's exactly what that is. As when you made the intention to do the thing, you never knew at the end what it was going to manifest. Where it was going to go. Yeah. And it ended up being this amazing thing for you. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's beautiful. And that is action all the way. Right. Yeah. It was and just so- a shift in decision, but I hadn't even sat and set the intention in that moment, but I think I had set the intention months earlier. Yes, you had. I actually can remember this from you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you know, we've been through this, um, this universal cycle, this collective cycle, uh, recently, under the Aquarian moon Mm. that it's about family and, and the things that we want to see within our family, be it more love, more time spent, more bonding, just, there's a laundry list of things that we want. Yeah. But it's like, what what do you want? Yeah. Right. And so then the universe bursts back this beautiful reflection of what you've been working on, what you had already made an intention on manifested right in front of you in a way that was profound. And I'm sure you're still gathering little tidbits. Oh, it was, it's sacred nature. It was such a, and I think we was up until my other son came back. It was like one thirty in the morning, you know, which is hours, but it's worth it. Right. It's like, okay, I can make this change for this thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm really in love with that because Mel, I mean, honestly, when you have adult children, it has this tendency to not by any means break the bond, but it does alas, you know, there's an elastic band almost that stretches because they're in a different phase of their life. You're now in a different phase of your relationship. So to have that, that moment come back in such beautiful clarity of where the love truly is and how much you truly do enjoy each other's company. It it would, I mean, I, I'm sure you're still living on little bits of that energy that push through and finding new sacred moments inside of just the entirety of it all. Oh yeah. And I was going, back to the milking it idea because I woke up and I was still feeling that vibration that bliss Mm -hmm. and I kept on reflecting on wow wasn't that wasn't that brilliant and what I also thought is because the only reason we are still living together really is 
because when he come back from uni, you know, and he now was working from home and right. that, you know, everybody's lives has been hit in so many different yeah. ways because of COVID yeah. and relationships, some of them have sunk and some of them have, have, have gone. And I thought the, the itch and the rub and the frustration and the, and the difficulties you have sometimes when you've got, uh, whether it's lots of kids in the house, or you've got adults who are your grown up children who these ideas about who you are and who they are can rub up against each other yeah. sometimes yeah. you know and sometimes it was almost like this is the end of a tough journey this was the celebration this was a magical moment that I could I never that. have anticipated that yeah. made the journey really worth, worth it worthwhile and that's yeah. just it anytime that we feel that it's the, that moment to change that moment to make the new steps, create the new pattern. You know, I have not had one cycle breaking experience that did not end up better than I could have even imagined. Yeah. yeah. There's not been one time that I set in alignment, what it was that I was going to expect and that those expectations weren't blasted out of the water that I didn't get that. And then more and more and, then and more, more. Just depending. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and so what that does is help you in that next step of the cycle, which is the maintaining of this new, this way, way of, of being. Yeah. This new way of being this, the epiphany moment that we, you just had because you put into action something that you were afraid of doing. And instead of it, it, of it not going according to plan, it ended up being better than you ever expected. And, and sometimes that, that better comes with a little pain, yeah. you know, that better yeah. comes with, you know, because not everything ends up, you know, bright and shiny with the date night or bright and shiny with a family fun night. Sometimes it ends up in a breakup. Sometimes it ends up in, um, leaving, a, a, an employment, you know, a place of employment. Sometimes it requires you to move out of that house. And so there is some pain involved in some of these, um, in the process, of in course. the process of it. Yeah. But at the end of that process, it makes all of that hard work, all of that perceived suffering come into a fruition of light, uh, that you wouldn't have otherwise had if you continue to walk that cycle, if you continue yeah. to walk that path. So the maintenance side of that once you put into action you have that epiphany of, oh my gosh, this thing just turned out better than I expected. Because if we put our faith and trust in, in ourselves and in the universe or whatever, if you don't even believe in a higher power, that's totally fine. If you just put that faith in yourself, you'll be surprised at the reflection back and, and how you won't ever lose something that wasn't yours in the first place, you know, that didn't belong to you. And so these things that belong to you are, are more than you think that you deserve these experiences in your mm. life that are on a higher frequency or at a higher level. You deserve these, these experiences in your life to occur naturally without you getting in the way of them. And so some, as we got in the way of them from the initial point of the cycle, as we were walking the circle, we kept getting away in the way of our blessings. Well, now you're in a position where you're starting to receive those blessings. You're starting to see the blessings. You're starting to acknowledge the blessings mm. and you're you put into action. And now you're maintaining those blessings. You're maintaining this new pattern that's working out for you. And to maintain this pattern, it becomes easier and easier because you're, what you've already seen is that it's working. Yeah. Right. And that's really all you need to know. And then the feeling is there and it's 
a little brighter now at the end of that tunnel that that light is a little stronger that light is beginning to fill up those dark corners as you said the skeletons in your closet aren't as skeletony as you thought they were they're actually kind of like transparent and not really there if you were to brush the cobwebs off and you're like oh well my bad I was scared for nothing right yeah and so so you know, when, once you've gotten that epiphany moment of, whoa, I just saw myself change. I just saw this in action, the changing, and now I'm maintaining that change. What happens when you relapse? What happens when you fall back into those patterns, which is going to happen. And I don't mean you're not the major ones because you're going to see the big patterns. You're going to see that, you know, this did not work for me. And when I changed it, it worked for me. So you're going to hold on to those patterns. That's just a natural thing. But now the subtler patterns start to show up and the cycles then like, wait, you're repeating things uh, just in a more subtle form, Mm. even though you might not be actively um, trying to, yeah, they're still there, meaning that there's still some unconscious levels yet to reveal themselves. Yeah. But you've been here before now, right now you've been here before now, the thought, the things that you need to talk about aren't going to be talked about as long because you've been here before. Yeah. Right. And and now, you know, that there's a pattern to this So let's figure that pattern out. And then that cycle starts over again. And now you're walking in the spiral and you want to be at that spiral because the circle, again, it leads nowhere. It leads in a circle, a spiral. I like to imagine it as almost like a, what are those called where you pulled back you put like a piece of like a rock or something in it and you pull it back and like a slingshot. Slingshot, So at the bottom of the spiral, it's like a little slingshot. And once you reach the bottom of that spiral, it slingshots you out into your next cycle. Yeah. So if you haven't completed the cycle and you have to walk back into that spiral, that's okay too, because it's not going to be as hard this time because you've taken the tools that you already have, that you've learned along that first journey of that cycle. And you're going to say, now we're going to refine these tools. Now we're going to put more things into action. Now I have more confidence in myself to do these things because the last time I did this, it worked in my favor. Yeah. And you're highlighting something that I've realized over all the work that I've done with people are the key things is having faith and hope and so part of the journey that we assist and facilitate people who come to any of our projects that may be in a a place that just doesn't feel great and there's lots of really difficult things going on and if there's a lot going on that you have to sift and sort several of those things but the moment one thing has been focused on and they have changed the thought process or applied basically what you like what you're saying applied those tools we then are able to say look at what happened when you did that look at the outcome that you've yeah. got and then that inspires hope and faith and this is not a religious way of looking at it for some it no. it sits in with with the religious and it can ideas be if you have. want it to be you, you can yeah. make this there's a religious cycle pattern that you can follow that you can yeah. you can online search it right you can online search it there is a religious cycle pattern and it's all you know, give to God, make the prayer, 
do the things. And there's a psychological pattern to it. And then there's a spiritual pattern. Now, the beauty of the spiritual and psychological pattern is they really do kind of hold hands on the journey. Mm -hmm. And the psychological pattern might be a little more, um, sorry, Mel, it might be a little more like self-involved, like self-righteousness. So I need to use the big words, right? I'm not talking about you specifically, just the field in general, mm. but spirituality married, married to the, the psychology terms simplifies mm. it for the layman, for the common person to acknowledge that this is not out of my reach, that this is yeah. something I don't need to put a, assign a big label to it or a big word to it yeah. or a lengthy definition to it to, to know that I can do this. And so when you marry these two beautiful worlds, even if you were to marry religion and psychology, you're going to find a happy medium. Yeah. Psychology is a base point for a lot of things that make it tangible in this world. And you just pick the way you want to approach it. Right. We yeah. Just pick I mean, the it's, way. yeah, it, it's about finding a theory that sort of fits with your, um, your view. So if it's religious, if it's psychology, if it's spiritual, whichever, all of them contained within them have tools, whether that is prayer, yeah. meditation, gratitude, and yeah. all of those have a place in this process of um, moving you away from suffering. And if we look at, we can look at suffering from lots of different angles, hmm. but suffering is really just that experience of being either in a situation or a mindset, because actually we probably create more of our own suffering from the outdated patterns and beliefs that we have about ourselves and other people than anything else. It's true. And we don't mean to, we really don't mean to. It's not like you wake up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't wake up and say, Oh, you know, like I'm going to make myself suffer suffer today. (laughs) And nobody wants the suffering, but we'd be, you'd be, you and I would not be. But generally speaking, you would be surprised at how many people would rather sit in their suffering than to Mm. make the change. So congratulate yourself every time you decide to make that change, because it Mm. is a brave act to do in a world that does not want you to change in a world that wants you to be exactly the same so that they can fit you nicely in the box that they've created for you. Yeah. And so once you decide that suffering is not the flavor the that you, you want to taste. Yeah, yeah. Then it's time for us to move forward. Now I will tell you that when you're doing these cycles and I did not do a good job of this, and this is something that I would love to have, um, have done. And so I recommend it now for future use is writing this stuff down. What worked, what didn't work, what were the pros to it? What were the cons when you became the scientist of it, when you became curious in nature and you started changing these patterns, what was the things that influenced you? What were the things that, that triggered you? What were in, when you write those down, you now are writing down your pattern. You are now writing down the things that did and did not work. And so when you have this cycle come up for you again, and you might be able to graduate it the second time, right? Or maybe you yeah. learned the lesson so well that you got it on the first try mm. because the cycle is always going to reappear to see if you learned the lesson or not. All these just subtle, like what you're saying, subtle forms of that. So if you've got mm-hmm. big stuff that you're dealing with, when it's big, because it feels big, 
that can overtake your thinking process and and that's where people lose sleep and end up um you know over a long period of time if they're stressed all the time end up in a really bad space because the the longer that that stays with you the longer you're in a situation that is harmful to you that you just know deep down isn't right the longer your body is going through tortuous experiences because it's getting flooded consistently with these stress chemicals and we know that over a long period of time um getting flooded with stress chemicals is is going to affect our immune system it's going yeah. to affect our heart it's going to affect absolutely everything and so one of the issues with that is the longer we stay with something that isn't right for us that is or even that is obviously harmful um the longer we do that the harder it can be to either make a step forward because one of the things i have seen is you've got people who just grow up like what you're saying and experience life in whatever way they experience it and do what they're doing and without any real thought and we will start to think about things because either the relationships that we're in aren't working out or something's happened at work but we don't have to call our attention to it we can blindly walk about and be totally unaware of who we are and the impact that we're having around us in whatever mood or state that is because you you know it could be just you're grumpy and angry all the time or um and you and you don't you're not bothered it's just you know you, you don't know until something so big that is you don't want to risk is often the calling that says you know, I'm at risk of losing this wonderful person in my life because I'm just right. acting like this all the time. Um, and for other people, they won't necessarily know um, any of that, but they might start to apply some techniques, but the people around them are so influential and powerful and have so much to say that even if there's a small voice inside of them that says, hang on a minute, I'm not sure about that, they, they lack so much trust in themselves and their own well-being, their own journey, that they will be influenced by that. And even if you clear away half of those stressors, those stress points, you can still have a lot to deal with. And yeah. so in a way, the journey can feel excruciating for those um, to release. Because in a way, th- there are similarities, say, like with, with addiction, you, you're partaking in things and food and products and people that are not good for you so one of what you have to do is let go of your your need your desire to have those things and people in your life that are actually harming you that are harmful to your your well-being they call it that and it's surrendering surrendering and letting go of attachment and just the realization that hey this is not healthy for me and I'm having a hard time letting go of it because it's harming me. And I recognize it's harming me, but for whatever reason, I cannot let go. This is the moment of surrender. You have to do the thing that, that, that is so scary for us, which is the, the need to control the need to hold on to something that is maybe past its expiration date. And like you say, we, we only have the vision of where we're at. Yeah. So even if you know that where you're at, 
doesn't feel great it might not be powerful enough to to motivate you to right. do something different right and because we don't if we've grown up and we've talked about this before if you grow up in a family where there was only ever aggression and violence people there weren't loving relationships and everyone's disenfranchised if you grow up in situations like that that you can get to these pivotal points in your own life and only think that it's going to go disastrously wrong yeah. because it went yeah. disastrously wrong yeah. in every other occasion not yeah. realizing because you can't see it you can't you can't see an image if you've never been in, introduced to the possibilities it's of true. what is there it really is but i would like to say just through my own journey that i really did have this negative outlook because this is just the way it's always been yeah. And what does it matter if I make that change? But it made the change anyway, right? And I just what did made it. you what made you say I'm going to make the change anyway though? Because it wasn't working the way it was. And even though it wasn't working the way it was, what drove it to the point where you thought it really isn't working? Where did it get so ramped up that you moved to the next step? What was it? Well, I can tell you the initial one. And then from there, it was like um, almost a new, like once you feel the power of change, it's like, I went directly for that because if this, this one moment could change everything for me, I'm just going to keep going towards that. So the tower moment for me was I had literally, I had just lost my mom. I had adopted three new kids. I had a failing marriage. I was not keeping quality friendships in my life. Mm. And I was in such a dark space that it was like, I didn't, it's not that I didn't like myself. I thought I was a pretty cool person. I enjoyed myself, um, but I was ready to go. I was ready to cut ties with everything on that. And just throw the towel in. And just throw it all in, right? And then it was like, I have too much responsibility in this life to throw it all in. I have these three new kids. I've got six children now that need their mother or a feminine form in their life to show them motherly qualities. Who am I to, to check out on that? Right. And so it was the, my life was kind of at a halting point. Like there was no forward movement after that. And so I had to make the change. I mm. had to choose in that moment myself and myself was my soul myself was my heart was very ready for that change and so the tower moment for me was just that that my my whole world had just kind of come to a stop everything I had worked hard for was disappearing on me everything I wanted in my world had changed and I just didn't know what else to do so I kind of threw I was like I threw my hands up I was like okay I don't know what else to do. And the lightning bolt happened. You know, it, this is, this is partly on you. And I was like, okay, it's partly on me. Well, that sucks. And like you were saying at that point, everything was so big, all of the change. Cause this was all in a matter of months. All of this was happening. So like wow. all of this big change was happening and I did, I couldn't keep up. There was nothing I could do. So I just stayed still. And for the first time in my life, I froze and I couldn't do anything. I was riddled with fear. I didn't know another step and I just stopped. And 
and that stopping and that surrendering my need to be right and my need to be the victim and my need to be the the person that whose life was over was when the change started happening but from that point forward i didn't need tower moments like i did before after that one it was like if it doesn't feel good i would like to make the change and so i just really focused on that how did it make me feel if it didn't feel good i needed to find the way out and so that tower moment occurs, but it doesn't have to occur for every time you mm. begin to pay attention at that tower moment, that initial tower moment where everything, the lights kind of come on for you. You can start focusing in different arenas of your life without the major tower moments happening, without mm. the whole life ending experiences happening. You can start to see how these patterns are going to lay out, how these things are going to start to happen and how you can play your part in that cycle and by changing your part you can change an entire cycle and you're not changing another person you're not changing their view you're not changing another mm. anything you're changing yourself and people either rise up to meet that change or they fall away and you're not even a, a not even a an eighth of concerned about the things that fall away as you were prior when you needed the control and you needed to hold on so tightly because mm. of the fear of the change. But what's fascinating about what your experience indicates is they're all big things. Marriage fallen apart, you've inherited as much as that was a choice to do that. You, you know, it, you didn't bat an yeah. eye. Did I didn't it? really feel it was a choice, but yeah. 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 But it was a big shift yes. and, and your mum passing, yeah. all major things. But what you indicate in this is it wasn't any of the external stuff. Uh, obviously, the external stuff had changed because your mom passing and, and the kids coming to live with mm -hmm. you was a huge thing. But it had also, whatever was going on for you was directly, I've got to look at me. I've got yeah. to look at me in this. And you're right. Sometimes you can do that. And what isn't going to come up to your level now of where you've moved into mm -hmm. or fall away anyway but this wasn't one of those throw in the towel moments was it no and sometimes that's the path that somebody needs to go on which yeah, is you right, need to I'm retrace away your steps. From this. and for other people like you say you focused on yourself and that's a really look at what was it you were believing thinking feeling that needed to shift yeah and then I don't know what time period that was until you start to see some evidence of the not, work. Not very long. Not long. Not long at all. Well, let's see. It's been a little over two years since all of this began. And not I long. am nowhere near the position I was two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking three months. I was starting to see, I'm not talking subtle change. I'm talking significant changes in my existence after mm. three months of dedicated work on myself, mm. because I decided, I decided finally I was worth it. If nobody else in this world found me worth it, I'm going to find myself worthy. And I found myself worthy enough to make the change. Mm. And I just did it and I did it. And I, there was no looking back for me. And I know that, that, that my, my storyline of change 
doesn't necessarily reflect everybody in society's storyline of change because I went all in because I now, now I know that that was my path, but if I can take the level of significance that was happening in my existence, because that all of those were very significant in my life. If I could take all of that heat and still remain in that kitchen and still saying, I deserve this mm. and I'm going to whip something up beautiful, then I really think that a person making one change, two change, three change, and just allowing the cycle to take, you really will. And again, three months, six months, one year. By the one year mark, you wouldn't have recognized me. By mm. one year, I was a new person entirely from within. At two years, I don't recognize me. I don't remember who that girl was anymore. That scared, mm -hmm. frozen girl, because I was a runner or a fighter. I never froze and I froze and I needed that freezing moment. I had to stop what I was doing. I was thinking of going through a divorce with six kids and I didn't have a job. <laughs> I'm glad I chose not to because I could not be more in love with my life and my family than I am right now. Do you know what you have brought forward though is fascinating it, it, when we're talking about cycles and patterns is the what you just said is sometimes we can respond to the current biggies like you know the house the kids the work all of that from that space that we experienced as a continuous pattern when growing up you said you was a runner you know um and I remember growing up and witnessing um what happened when things got too much and my mum was a runner and she had these patterns and so I saw this cycle play out a lot to the point that we all became fairly disenfranchised as a family right you know everybody went off but the connections were were severed the connections were weak and then they were severed and it is incredibly difficult to ever reconnect if you know if the connections were never strong or they're severed and I watched these things play out because I was the last of four um, in the family. And I remember early on in, uh, you know, when I first got married of having, when things got tough, of having these really strong feelings of wanting to run, of wanting to not face it, of wanting to throw the towel in, because that is what I'd seen. I'd not yeah. seen it. And I remember talking this very early on in my training of saying to colleagues, I hadn't seen how pe two people could get together and communicate through any of the issues and find either a resolution or find a way of hearing each other out without right. pointing the finger, without blaming, without saying, you do this, you do that. If you, And I've seen this, this pattern through a lot of my friends as well, that if you only did this, I would be okay. If you stopped right. doing that, I'd be okay. If you picked up the towel, I wouldn't be tired every day, you know? all of these things that play out. And so the it's almost like sometimes you've got to work out what is your classic pattern yeah. and then say, and in that moment, I don't, it doesn't sound like that was a conscious decision to go, I'm going to freeze, but right. 
because I didn't you know, know what to do in that moment. <laughs> yeah, so you don't know what to do. Yeah. And if you're somebody that's always been, and we've talked before um, about some of the roles that we play yes. when we're growing up, mm-hmm. if you're the person in that role when you're growing up that either um, levels things out when things get tense or you rescue people or you resolve mm-hmm. the problems or you hide, whatever person you've been growing up is usually you need to do the opposite or right. become the different uh yeah because I was, a, I was a fighter uh, of the protection side and yes. I was a runner from relationships yeah you know, the going gets tough I'm out the door bye yeah. <laughs> you know when it came to that kind of stuff but and in that, that was, moment it was a frozen moment I didn't yeah. have a whole lot of what I thought were choices in that I was like well I can be a single mom of six or I can be in this loveless marriage because you thought they were the only options. Yeah, I thought that was the only two options. And there was not much inside of either of them that I wanted. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to raise six kids by myself. That's that's a terrible thought. But I would have. Yeah. Right. Would I have been happy? Probably not. Because I loved my husband. I did. Mm-hmm. I loved him deeply. I mean, obviously, I still do, but it put me in a moment of freeze and I had to freeze. And I'm I think. I thank the universe and I thank myself almost daily about walking those steps back because that relationship was worth it. Mm. My relationship with my husband was worth it. You know, regardless of the patterns that we had created over the years, we were both in a space where one of us just needed to stand up and walk a new pattern. And I might as well lead the way since I have the ability to do it. And I can see something that maybe he could not. And so when I chose myself, and so what you're talking, what you were just talking about, um, I will say a lot of cycles are going to revolve around detachment for people. You have to be able to detach. You have to be able, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't Not say if this person, in the, yeah, yeah. If you can't, if this person would just pick up their towels or pick up their dirty laundry or do the dishes or insert whatever excuse to <laughs> externalize the problem that you need. Yeah. Instead, if you reflect within and you begin to detach and say that person is the, has their entire existence that even I, I might share a bed and a home and a family with, but they are still exist outside of me. They mm-hmm. have hopes, they have dreams, they have fears, they have nightmares. That is their journey. Who am I to tell them who and what to be? And so but also if we, uh, if we sit contained in those relationships and say if only she you know might be a friend did this and he did that or your close relationships in your inner circle of if he did this I'd be and I and again like I said I I saw this play out with several friends I had one friend who had a partner who was a lorry driver and you know the nature of the work is is on the road all the time and by a certain time each day she'd be getting really stressed out and anxious and on the phone to him and I'm like what's going on you know this guy's on the road right what what is it why is he why is this being projected towards him you know he's doing that was a thing obvious one yeah that was he's (laughs) gone he's doing his job you know this poor guy's getting irate because he's just doing his job and he's not he's not quelling your anxiety he's not satisfying your anxiety because the anxiety was 
was way back in her own childhood and it was being activated through these events outside of her. It was actually nothing to do with her partner. He was doing that before they met. It was, they signed up to be together. Um, So the anxiety was hers, but the ownership had to be, I take responsibility for myself just as, you know, I know as a parent, we do have a responsibility to model certain behavior to our children because the children will reflect mm-hmm. how we are operating within that system. So it is quite a responsibility. And sometimes you want to throw the towel in and yeah. sometimes it's like, I'm so exhausted. I can't think straight. And you have to apply certain tools in that process. And I remember coming home from work a lot when they were younger you know um and there wasn't much of a gap between them coming back from school and me coming from work or me bringing them back and it'd be mommy 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 you know and I'd be coming through the door and I just knew that by that time in the afternoon between two o'clock and six o'clock at night it's never been a good time for me right to to function I, I can do basic functioning but all all of the other major work stuff would always go in early in the day or at night if I was studying and I just put the rule in of, I need to, I need to re get myself back together. Basically, right. I was grounding again. I was having a bath. I was having yeah, some well, time out for half an hour. Transitioning from one <laughs> one dimension into another, from the reality of work into the reality of parenthood. Yeah. And yeah. in your case, single parenthood. You know. Yeah. Which was a and lot. It, uh, yeah because it you know it's I mean I did I did have their nun for a few years and that was great I had some respite because for a lot of parents it, it um you know it can feel never ending and it is never ending sometimes that no matter how much you know you you, you love your children it the process of shopping school lunches school bags school clothes is I mean, the happiest moment was when they left school and they didn't have to go in the summer to buy their uniform it's true <laughs> it's nice it is you don't have to make sure that certain things are matching because children do not like the match <laughs> or that i'm gonna get a phone call during a meeting because his pants have burst you know exactly. mom i'm at school can you come and pick me up ah, ah. You know. and you're like i can't okay i guess i can't i have to i'm, I'm yeah. the one that has to do it <laughs> But yeah, so when we are talking inside of cycles, there's cycles inside of cycles, inside of cycles, inside of cycles. And, you know, you just have to look at it as the spiral that it is. And maybe you didn't reach the root of the spiral. Maybe you only got two layers in, but that's okay because those two layers in were the toughest layers for you. Those were the ones that you wanted to deny yourself of. And now that you're here and you recognize where you are, uh, yet again, as the cycle starts to, to bring itself back around, now you're looking into these subtler patterns and now you're really starting to focus on the things that, that maybe aren't as big and bright as the tower moment was, but now they're more subtle and conscientious and in the recognition that your first go-to is self, because mm-hmm. you learn that first cycle that you needed to look within it required a look within so yes. now i'm back here okay let's look within where can i go from here what is it that i'm doing it's easy to sit yourself inside of a victim mentality and not even recognize it you know i've had friendships that you and i have talked through where i found myself just being so upset mm. when in all reality the friendship had just it it ran its course always was what it was it's just yeah. that now we've noticed it's not given us what we 
thought it was what we thought it was. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and even if maybe it did at one point, it no longer is serving. Yeah. Cause you know, we've grown. Cause we've grown. And as you're the one that brought this to me, the value system changes. And once your value system changes, it doesn't make the person a bad person. It doesn't make the person mm. a toxic person. What it makes them is different that you're different than when you walked in the door to that relationship or in, you know, be it the, through a friendship or a, a significant other, or even a work relationship, things change. And if you're in the process of changing, you have to understand that some things have to, that aren't going to change with you have to fall away. And when you hit those second, third, fourth areas of that cycle, depending on how deep in you are, you're going to start to really notice and see that for yourself. Yeah. I th and I think this leads really nicely. I, I, I just want to reflect on those processes because anyone who's listening to this is what they can, we're bringing up things that they may resonate with and there'll be different aspects of where they think, Oh, actually I'd like to do that. So I just want to reflect on the sort of tools that you've talked about, which yeah, is thank you. one of the tools you've talked about, is the cycle of change and so and there are several cycles and um i think in motivational interviewing is where the cycle of change if you go on google or whatever um will come up and it talks about that process that you've uh, indicated which is we're not aware necessarily of what's going on and then we, we become aware and even if we're aware it doesn't mean to say we're in action phase right. but we might get in action phase and we start to make these changes and then we have a relapse and what you've brought into that that model that one model is the other model of the psychosynthesis psychology of finding the spiral and you go down and you go oh I've relapsed what's happened let's go down let's sit in my living room for a half an hour and put some nice music on and reflect of what what's gone on again let's go to this place and let's go and see what this thing is that's happened to me again what gift can I get from that mm -hmm. and to recognize that um in that process there can be fear activated because if you've never taken your attention to yourself or you're scared of what you might find if you start to put your intention your intention and attention there then realize that the fear is just like the light that shines differently when you're in your room at night that if you put the light on that and look at that it's actually never as scary as we right. imagine it's going to be and that's right. that process of of fear then the the process of the cbt triangle cognitive behavior therapy what they look at is okay what are the things that can get us in a bit of a mess is what were we thinking okay so i walk down the street and I see somebody that I know and they don't look at me. They, they look through me and I might think they don't like me. Is it because of something I said last week? Uh, are they? And I might go through this whole process of um, why is it they looked at me like that? Not right. realizing that that person <laughs> and this is an idea existence. <laughs> they, <laughs> Maybe they were lost in thought. Maybe there were, yeah. And that's the thing you see. So the first initial pattern, if we're not aware, will be to have these processes. Then we'll go into the feelings of uh, anger, frustration. Yes. I'm going to tell them, then we'll start to play out the conversation we're going to have with them next time we see them. Yeah. And <laughs> to the shower bottles. 
<laughs> and, and, and just go through this whole cycle. Then we're in the action phase of possibly next time we see them. I saw you a few weeks ago and you didn't even look at me and they're totally oblivious. And you've wound yourself up for, for the last family. three weeks for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you sit back and you go, is, is this got any validity? Is there any proof that that's going on? Okay, so they looked through me. Maybe they're like me. I wear contact lenses sometimes. I go out and I put stuff in the bin. I haven't got my contact lenses in, but I can just about see where I'm going. Right. And I, every time I go out to the bin, I see the neighbor across the road and I can't make out the facial expressions. And it's hard. I find it hard to have a dialogue and I'm, I'm conscious of that. And I said to him one day, you know, I said, um, if I don't respond to you, it's because I haven't got my contact lenses in. I can't see properly because I could, I picked up sometimes that, is he thinking that she, she she's just moody? Sometimes she's really chatty and other times she's looking through me, you know, and I yeah. sort of conveyed that message to them. So that will be that start of that CBT right. cycle of you have this thought. So let's look at the first thought you have. And is that thought real? And is it valid? Is there any evidence with that? We haven't really got any evidence. What are the other possibilities? Well, they could have been deep in thought. Something's, they've just got a bill in and they're really worried or they have got to go to the doctor and they've got some or health Maybe issues. they were in a bad mood and the last thing they wanted to do was have a human conversation. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. You can't be, you can't take this life personally exactly. in that way. Yeah. You know, and what happens when you discover that you were wrong and you did the whole thing and you approached it, right? Well, now we have to give ourselves that grace. Well, that's where, and we won't necessarily go into it tonight, but that's what can happen next is where we start to create this new karma, which is we have responded in a negative way because we've sent literally sent ourselves on internal circles and round and round this wrong loop. So that's the CBT cycle. We can learn to check out our thoughts, notice what feelings are activated when we think those thoughts. If we don't like the feelings that we're feeling, we need to work on changing the thoughts. If right. we want to to create feelings that we want we need to find the thoughts that link with those so if I want to feel really good and blissful I go back to Friday night when me and my son were doing the music thing and we had a lot of laughter I can now generate just I'm not there but I can now generate because I've practiced it right. because the key to it is coming out of the unconscious state of mind going into the conscious state of mind noticing what you're thinking what you're feeling and then using that to your advantage of then ramping up what works so that's the cbt model then you alluded to the drama triangle yeah so you talked about victim persecutor rescuer right. i think the whole of the world is uh, or at least 80 percent, 90 percent of it is in this all of our relationships are somebody does something to you and you get upset we're in victim mode we lose our power we hand the power over to somebody else when we see somebody else upset and we fight their corner we become rescuer mode and we don't always enable that person to find their power and speak their truth and support them to be in that space and when we're in um uh persecutor mode that might be we are the victim and our manager is the persecutor and they are micromanaging us and we hate them and they are our persecutors. So right. these cycles of victim, persecutor, rescuer in terms of the drama triangle are played out a lot. The information is on the internet. There's some really good descriptions Everywhere. of those models. Yeah. They're really worth looking at. 
The last one that you mentioned, I think, is a really lovely exercise to do that when we're really getting to know ourselves. And as we've talked over the weeks, we can do that through the gene keys, through human design, through tarot, through reading psychology, this astrology, whole, all kinds like, of things. Yeah. yeah, a whole wealth of and we'll tap in and out of that in all of our conversations of finding ways to learn about ourselves, because it is important to learn kind of who we really are and one of the ways to do that is a lot of our beliefs are are formed through our early years mm -hmm. so the beliefs about people ourselves what work we do our role in society all of that and we talked a lot more about that when we talked about identity and the journey of the self um but if you want to figure out why you might feel off key with some of the things you're doing is to do a values exercise. And again, you can go on the internet and you just put in, um, uh, I think it's, I think it's called a value exercise. And basically it's, you can get this sheet with all these words that are all values. There's about 75 of them and you read it and you get your notepad out and you write down the ones that you're like, yes, that's definitely important to me the ones that are sort of important to you and the ones that aren't at all. And it's really interesting because sometimes we don't realize our values have shifted. Yeah. And that was what I recently was saying to you, that some of my values had really shifted, that what wasn't in the important campus was actually now in the really important camp. Very important camp, yeah. Very important. And you might end up circling, say, 20 in the very important. And so if you're thinking, say, you want to find a job that you love or you want to set up for yourself. Um, you look at all those words that indicate values and you circle the ones that are important in while you're thinking of the job or while you're thinking of yourself in relationships or while you're so in relationships, it may be that the values in the relationships and the values in the work are slightly different. And that's OK. Right? And that's yeah. And that's standard. Yeah. Um, but where there's disharmony is if there's a lot of values that you, so if you value independence, free thinking, um, autonomy, teamwork, those kind of things that you might have in the workplace, you're going to really struggle if you've got to always work with a team, if you've got to, own, mm -hmm. you can only make decisions when you're in a team. If you like autonomy and you want to be able to work through decisions, then share that out just to check it out, not wait for everybody to agree with you. Right. Then these are the things that are going to cause the rub that are going to create difficulties. Yeah. Because you also have to be aware that, that once you're aware of those value systems, you have to kind of stick to them you know otherwise yeah. you're setting yourself up for a potential downfall or a, a tower moment inside of that and you have yeah. to find that that courage and bravery that we were talking about and really in, instill those in your day-to-day -day, uh yeah know, manifestation in your day-to-day -day intention you know we we intend to find our perfect mate and then we lower our value system every time we make a choice to take it a step further because maybe our gut was off, you know, or maybe that was just a passing phase that this person was going through. Um, and I'm not saying we have to deny people their growth because people are going to grow in the relationship. But once you've hit a certain level and you're starting to recognize your value system, be it in the workspace, the workspace or in an interpersonal relationship, every time you, um, you know, 
compromise on that value in a way that is harmful. Mm. You're compromising yourself in the work you've been putting in. And so you're setting yourself up for a tower moment and you have to really acknowledge that, uh, the deeper you go. And I don't mean like, I wasn't going to be able to pay my bills if I didn't take this job because we grasp that, but you, you and I've been in those positions. Well, that's a value at the time that works. But that so was the value, but your value is going to change. Yeah. Right. So I valued being at home with my kids at the end of the school day. Luckily enough, the jobs that I was getting at the time, um, I could pick them up from school. Cause right. for five years I worked in schools, I wasn't a teacher, so I didn't have to do all the after school stuff. So I could then go and pick my kids up. I valued that. And, um, there were time, and as they got older, I then valued the freedom and autonomy not to rush about everywhere at three o'clock. Right. So it shifted and I was able to do that. And some, and I guess we're in a society more now where the idea of flexi working, part-time working, because women, you know, women wouldn't necessarily get the same pay or they won't get the pensions. And there was a whole distorted way of um, having employees in the workplace. Whereas I mean, and that's changing even more now as we, as we speak in terms of everything that's happened this year. And I value calm environments, calm and noise-free environments. And I was just telling some colleagues today, and I can't believe this now. And this is, um, this is what also strikes us is sometimes we can be living with something that we think is okay, because it's, it's not the top of our values. Like it's a must have, it's a tolerable, but I worked in an office once open plan office, whoever come up with that idea, um, of, uh, I think there must've been about a hundred social workers. And then there was about 50 family workers. And most of us were on the phone most of the time or typing loud. And it was also fashionable for everybody to have their nails done. So not only were they typing, they were typing with with acrylic nails. And the noise level in there was just intolerable for me a lot of the time. I couldn't concentrate. You know, I was distracted all the time. I I knew it was affecting my performance. And now it's the total opposite because I work from home most of the time. And I, and I look back and I was like, how did I ever survive that environment? And that's the thing at the time, I didn't realize how much the environment was having an impact on my whole system. And I might, you know, it would take us when you come from an environment that is so stressful to your system. A lot of people say it takes them a week to relax into the holiday before they have a holiday and it's like the second or third week when they relax because there's such a sort of disjoint and it's only when you give yourself some space on something that you realize wow you know that wasn't working for me that wasn't even working (laughs) that wasn't the thing I thought I wanted (laughs) exactly so yeah if you're if well, I was just the final bit is if if you're reflecting uh, and you're not hopefully not everyone is having a tower moment, which we've talked in another episode that that is a crescendo. It's intense where things have just built up to this degree where the whole foundation of everything can just feel like it's it, it, it's crashing down on you. But there are signs that if you know if we don't pay attention to them, we can end up where that happens because we can't Mm -hmm. tolerate it after a period of time, whether that's a relationship or a job. So if we're sitting back and reflecting in those moments of, 
Is it is it a subtle moment where there's something that just is, you know, about this situation and what do I do about it? So I think, I feel, I notice it. I learn something about that. I learn something about myself. Is it me? Is it the environment? Is it an interchange between the both? And if I really want to make some changes towards something that I really am going to love or I create a family life that I'm really going to love, what are the values and how do I now emit them? How do I create that? So if you want peace, you have to feel peace. If you yeah. want focus and clarity, you know. Um, so it's working towards, and I think it it's about the intention that you set. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what the end result's going to be. You don't even know if there's going to be magical moments because we can't chase the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. We've got to just take the step on the journey. And it's setting that intention. And I think that was a really key point that you yes. shared that doesn't exist necessarily in a lot of the other models that where they talk about these changes. And we don't for one moment underestimate how significant sometimes these steps can feel. But the fear is far greater than reality. And I have had evidence of that. I have wonderful evidence of that with this project that we've set up where one person alone we taught them about the thinking cycle. They have changed their life massively within three or four weeks. I love to see. It doesn't take much time. No, we, it really doesn't. I've been astounded. <laughs> I, it's amazing what a person can do when they put their intentions in, in the right arenas. And those right arenas typically are within self. They're not typically going to sit yeah. inside of an external force yeah. it's always within self your your way out is in period mm. everything that you want to accomplish in this world everything that is you, contained within you it's all within you every it ounce is. of that wisdom to get you to that place is there and yeah. you just have to find the courage to have faith in that wisdom and when you do yeah. your whole life will change and it's going to be bumpy it is a roller coaster it is a, a spiral it gets bumpy but it is worth every ounce of it because on the other side there is a level of sacredness that you wouldn't have otherwise experienced and to be able to be that proud of yourself and your accomplishment no matter how big or small it's it's profound in nature and we are all so deserving of reaching these places and finding that elusive happiness or that elusive peacefulness or joy or whatever, insert the word. Researching. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to be able to find it once you start just stopping and looking within and taking that moment to dedicate to yourself and the changes that you want to see. Yeah. And I, and I think on, on the final note for me is if it's tough to do, there are plenty of groups out there where people have got your back, who are reaching for you, helping you reach for what you want. Yep. You need to find the, the thing that is going to support you. Even if you're in the land of neutrality, the land of nothingness, the land of fear, the land of I really don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm just setting this intention for something greater, better, bigger than anything I could have imagined have the faith and hope that that is a real possibility because I have witnessed that time and time again. Yeah. I know it is a possibility. Is so we possible. have, we've experienced it in our own lives and I would like to do an we've episode. Witnessed it in others. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it. that was the eye opener for you and I both in throughout our life is when you get to witness that in another person, be the observer of another person yeah. making those changes and those breakthroughs and knowing that this formula works and it really works. Yeah. 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 And, and there are that we've just touched upon pretty much sort of five models really yeah they are all designed separately are all designed to help us uh learn about ourselves and understand ourselves and then understand ourselves in relation to other people so whoever's listening to this we wish you well on your journey yes you've got this yeah you've got this got it and stay in the faith and hope and bring light to all your situations and know that uh, visible and invisible forces have got your back mm, and on the highest you said it yes <laughs> I love it I love it too Danielle thank you so much for tonight thank you Great. so much it was really good thank you